0: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
1: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
0: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
2: And oh yes, good evening to you and thank you so very much for tuning in to gospelburstradio.com for another meeting of the... Reader's Club, the Reader's Club on gospelbellsreader.com and of course uh, unless you are joining us for the first time, you know that we've been reading the book Pilgrim's Progress, written by John Bonian, written in 1678 and where well, God has helped us thus far. Today we are reading the the 15th chapter in the book Pilgrim's Progress and today's uh, today's chapter is titled christian meets faithful christian meets faithful christian the name of the protagonist in this story and faithful another character that christian meets in his journey from the city of destruction to the celestial city and uh, what an interesting meeting uh, that they had we're going to read and then and then and then discuss if you are at gospelbearstudio.com we are glad to have you i uh, will see the numbers here thank you so very much for tuning in what you can do is to tap that pdf on our home page just tap that pdf and then you can follow the reading you can follow the discussions and if you want to uh, contribute just tap the whatsapp widget on the bottom right hand corner of our page and make your contributions thanks to the members of the readers club who are already in the virtual studio I see you, Sister Sekas, Sister MC. thank you very much. thank you. thank you also very much. Let's begin, as we always do, by singing our permanent opening in for this study. We are marching to Zion, and today we are going to introduce uh, what will be for uh, a long time our permanent closing hymn as well uh, to be a pilgrim. I hope we all add. I hope you all found time to listen to uh, to that song. If you do not know it before now, I hope uh, you will know it uh, before we end this reading. Okay, we are marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let's sing together as we begin today's meeting of the Readers' Club.
3: Come with the love of the Lord. Come with that love the Lord, and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord, and thus around the throne, and thus around the throne. We are marching to Zion, to beautiful, beautiful Zion. We are marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let those refuse to sing. Who never knew a God But children of the heavenly King But children of the heavenly King May speak their joys abroad May speak their joys abroad We're marching to Zion beautiful beautiful zion we're marching up to zion the beautiful city of god then let our songs abound then let our songs abound and every tea be dry We're marching through Imanus' grounds We're marching through Imanus' grounds To fairer worlds on high To fairer worlds on high We're marching to Zion So beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God.
2: Yes, we are marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Thank you once again, everybody, for joining us. Uh, let me invite uh, Bonale to lead our opening prayer. Please say the opening prayer. Uh, we invited Brad Shane, uh to lead the program, but he, he took excuse because he cannot join us tonight. If you're available, Bonale, please say the opening prayer.
4: In Jesus' name, Amen. Name of Jesus. Amen. Everlasting I want to say thank you, Lord, for today. I want to say thank you, Lord, for bringing us again to be able to meet and to be able to learn at your feet, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you make today go well in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that um would we'll not just speak based on our words alone, but that will speak um. You grant us wisdom and that at the end of this at the end of this meeting, Lord, we shall have full cause to glorify our name in Jesus' name. Amen. In, in Jesus' name of pray. amen.
2: Amen. Thanks so much. Thank you so very much. Okay, let's begin. Let's read our pointed memory verses for this study. Are we ready? Are the three of them? Okay, if you're ready, let's read together. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, and as strangers and, strangers and pilgrims. And pilgrims Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. First Peter two eleven. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew seven thirteen 13-14 Okay, thank you also very much for reading along. Again, for those who are at Gospel Best Radio, we are glad that you join us. Please uh, use the PDF on on our homepage to follow the reading. Now we are at item 3. We are just a quick recap of what we read and discussed last week. Remember that last Saturday, we read the chapter, that that must be chapter 13, the battle with Apollyon, and then on Sunday, chapter 14, the valley of the shadow of death. And of course, uh, the battle with Apollyon, we found uh, Christian tempted by the devil himself, uh, named Apollyon. Uh, after the order of, of the Book of Revelation where the head of the Prince of Demons in the Book of Revelation uh, is given the name Apollyon. And uh, of course, Satan began by tempting Christian, trying to convince him why he should go back to the city of destruction. When his lies did not register with Christian, they entered into battle. Uh, the, the Apollyon wounded sit, uh, wounded Christian. Christian almost gave up, but I uh, remember that weapon that he used from the armory given to him at the palace, beautiful, the sword of the spirit, Christian drew the sword of the spirit, and he inflicted uh, a almost uh, a fatal, almost mortal wound on Apollyon, Who then, who then fled? Who fled? And according to the author, fled away only for a season. For a season, and then on Sunday, at that wonderful meeting we had, that wonderful fellowship we had Sunday evening, the Valley of the shadow of death. where we were reminded that uh, there are times when. Christians must pass through dark episodes of life, dark episodes of life where it is all just pitch darkness, pitch darkness, and uh, the descriptive power of John Bonian in describing that, that kind of moment uh, resonated with many of us who were at that meeting on Sunday, and thank God for all the personal experiences shared, uh, personal experiences of when Uh, many of us pass through episodes of darkness, of darkness in life, where you you, uh, you are just unable to see the end, no light whatsoever, pitch darkness. And Christian passed through that valley in chapter 14. But glory to God, at the end of it all, day broke and light shone on him again. I do pray that the lessons we have learned so far will continue and remain with us. Today, we are reading chapter 15. Uh, we, in the edition we are using, we have 30 chapters. So this is like midpoint. Uh, we're reading chapter 15, uh, titled, Christian Meets with Faithful. If you recall our reading, uh, when, we, when we read the chapter titled, The Palace Beautiful, uh, Christian asked the porter of the palace beautiful whether the porter had seen any other pilgrim on the way. And the porter said uh, she saw someone named Faithful but uh, Faithful did not stop at the Palace Beautiful. Now Christian meet with Faithful, and that we just have so many things to learn from this meeting. What we're going to do, we're going to adopt the style we adopted for for the Palace Beautiful and for the House of the Interpreter, where we, we don't read everything at once, but we, we divide this chapter into segments, and then we read uh, one segment, discuss it before moving on to the next. So if you are ready, please... Uh, scroll to page two. We are on the second page now. If you are gospelblessery.com, scroll to page two. And please do not hesitate to join us. If you have contributions and questions, just use the WhatsApp widget. And if you want to call in, you can do so as well. We'd like to hear your voice when uh, we open for discussions. We are at page two now. Christian meets faithful. We have invited uh, two of our sisters to lead the reading today. Uh, start doing me and start to to So I believe don't me, you are reading the part for, for for Christian or for faithful. I think I'm
1: reading, I'm reading
2: for, reading for to it. faithful.
1: For, for what? what? Yeah, I'm so, reading for Christian. Okay, so ah. good, good. Yeah, thank,
2: thank you, very much. So Tutu, you are reading for Christian and doing me for. Uh, for faithful, so let us all read together. So once you get to the uh, to the uh, to the letters in red, you stop. Uh, so that's the part. That that's the end of that segment that we discuss it. Now I want us all to pay attention from the very beginning. From the very beginning, you begin to see uh, the hidden messages in the plot and in the development of the story. I pray God will help us again tonight to have such a, a fantastic session, uh, such uh, an enriching one indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, uh, every part that is in code for Christian will be read by and then the faithful. Uh, yes, well, okay. Now, as Christian went on his way, he came to a, lit- a little ascent, which was built on purpose, that pilgrims might see ahead of them. Therefore, Christian went up, and looking forward, he saw faithful ahead of him on his journey. Then Christian cried aloud.
1: Oh, wait for me, and I will be your companion.
2: At that, Faithful looked behind him, and Christian called again. Christian called again.
1: Wait. Until I catch up with
2: you. But Faithful answered,
5: No, I am running for my life, for the Avenger of Blood is behind me.
2: At this, Christian roused and putting forth all his strength, quickly caught up with Faithful and even ran past him so that the last became the first. Then Christian smugly smiled because he had gotten ahead of Faithful. But not watching where he was going, he suddenly stumbled and fell and was unable to get back up until faithful came to help him. Then I saw in my dream that they went on very amiably together and had sweet conversation about the things that had happened to each of them on their pilgrimage. Okay, and that's the first part of of today's text, uh, this meeting. And the question we want to discuss briefly before we move on in this text is this. What are the significant aspects of the encounter described here? And what lessons do they teach? And I do hope that we all followed uh, because there are really there are significant aspects of the encounter that we just read. Now, what are the significant aspects of the encounter described here? This short, this short uh, uh, segment in this, uh, in this, in this chapter... What are the significant aspects of it? Or, I mean, what part of it comes across to you as something to dwell on, something to think about? Anyone, uh, whether you're at gospelbestudio.com, join us on WhatsApp, or if you're in the virtual studio, just feel free to unmute and, and, and talk to us. What part of this short segment we have read comes out to you as, hmm, there's something the author is trying to tell us here. Remember the story, The uh, the summary basically is that uh, christian of course after leaving the valley of the shadow of death he came to a place uh, where the uh, where it's an ascent so it means that it was it was elevated on purpose so that people can see ahead so he climbed to that place that was elevated and he saw ahead and he saw faithful ahead and he called out to faithful oh wait for me but faithful did not faithful said no i, I cannot wait for you because the avenger of blood is behind me so faithful did not wait for christian christian then ran And then he ran so hard that he ran ahead of Faithful. He ran ahead of Faithful. And the author, here said, so the first became the last. And then Christian became so smug with himself. And he was smiling like, well, you do not want to wait for me now? I'm ahead of you. Uh, But then uh, in his smugness, he, he stumbled and he fell until Faithful then caught up with him and lifted him up. And after that, they went on very amiably together. Do you think there are some lessons there? Do you think there are some hidden messages right there? Right there? Anyone trying to volunteer that?
1: Uh, can I just, um, make, to my own understanding? Yeah, go ahead. I think it reminds me of the Bible passage that says um, the race is not to the swift." Mm-hmm. Not the battle to the strong. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but the Lord that showed mercy. That showed mercy. Uh, Christian actually started the journey before faithful, mm-hmm. but it didn't mean that um, he was going to be the first to get to the be, to be heavenly. Faithful mm-hmm. started after him, and faithful still went ahead of him.
2: Exactly. So
1: also, uh, the Bible says the first I'll be the last, and the last shall will be the first.
2: I'll be the first. Okay. That's my. And of course, thank you very much for that. I mean, that's a very keen observation. That's a very keen observation. I mean, right here we see uh, the description of some sort of uh, competition and rivalry uh, between two persons who are both on the pilgrimage, both are on the right path, both of them. Uh, in the narrow path, both of them traveling to the celestial city. And then all of a sudden we see this uh, this hint, this hint of competition between them. Uh, faithful uh, Christian saw Faithful ahead and go, oh, wait for me, wait for me. Now, uh, interestingly enough, as we're going to read, um, Faithful left the city of destruction after Christian had left. So, Atuto, uh, you are very right there uh, that at some point, uh, I mean, basically, the race is not to the swift. It is God that gives mercy. The race is not to be swift. Again, uh, should there be competition among us where we think, well, uh, well... Uh, he started first or I started first or she started first she got her first uh, she he got here later we should be ahead we should uh, we should not be ahead uh, we, we find that very quickly these two godly pilgrims these these two spirit filled pilgrims immediately got such things uh, behind them behind them number one faithful said no I'm not going to stop for you because the Avenger of blood is behind me and the first time I read this it, it came to me as a message, uh, and, I, and I want to make an allusion here. You know that uh, generally in, in social circles, we find many people saying that uh, we need to, if we have a group or a segment of the society that is disadvantaged, some of the people say, "Look, we have to wait for them. We we'll let's we'll wait for them to catch up with us," and uh, that has been called a reverse. Uh, like reverse affirmative action. Somebody say, "Wait for them so that they catch up with you." Or, Don't let anybody go ahead in this group until that disadvantaged group uh, catches up. Well, is that something that should apply in Christian circles where we wait? Okay, we have some brothers who are not yet strong enough. Maybe we all should stop reading the Bible if you have read up to up to Exodus, or if you you pray this number of times a day, you are strengthened by the Spirit because you have matured enough. Maybe you should not go too far. Let's wait for those who are not strong enough to catch up with us. And I love what Faithful said, no, I cannot stop because the avenger of blood is behind me. And nobody should stop for a weaker person. Not in the sense that we're not going to help the weaker person if there is somebody who is weaker. uh, But that does not mean that the person who is uh, joining ahead should stop. You don't stop in your journey uh, because there is... That somebody was trying to catch up. You have to encourage that person. You just keep on. You pray for that person. Keep on, and then the person will catch up with you. And as to rightly mentioned, it may happen that God will strengthen even a new convert. You know, to climb such heights, such heights that the person now uh, will find himself or herself ahead of those who have been in the faith before then. That's exactly what, what happened to Christian. Christian then ran, meaning that he applied himself spiritually. Uh, he looked ahead and he saw people ahead of him. And he said, look, I want to be like these heroes of faith. I want to be like these wonderful people of faith who have, uh, who have matured in the faith. So he subjected himself to so much uh, Christian discipline that he climbed high. And then he found himself ahead of faithful. But you know what? He became smog. And of course, what does that remind us of? What does that remind us of? That warning by the apostle. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And Christian did not take heed. He ran ahead. He found himself ahead of faithful. And the author here said, then Christian smugly smiled. He smiled smugly. He said, see, I I, I told him to wait for me. He did not wait for me. I ran with all my strength. Now I'm ahead of him. But, you know, in being smug, he fell. He stumbled and fell. And it was faithful who then came up to lift him up. So we just see that symbiotic relationship in our Christian journey. And we should not make light of it. There's no competition in the Christian journey. We should pray for those who are behind. We should not stop in our own pilgrimage. We should not stop in trying to climb higher the, the, uh, the ladder of faith. But then there should be no competition. It should be our desire for those behind to catch up with us. It should be our desire for those who are behind us to become as as mature as we have been in the faith. Why we also do not stop. As as the apostle said, I do not count myself to have arrived, but I keep pressing forward. So, number one, the, the call is to keep pressing forward, not to stop. Second, the call is to encourage those who are behind us to catch up exactly what faithful did encourage them to catch up but you don't stop and uh the the message again is if you find yourself catching up or going ahead of those uh, who even got to the faith before you don't become smug let him who think he stand take it lest he fall and uh, unlike christian may we not stumble may we not fall and if we ever stumble or fall may we find uh, with us uh, that uh, that companion that faithful companion will lift us up? Maybe this should also remind us of that passage that says, Well, two are better than one. For when one falls, there'll be another, there be another to lift him up. Woe to that person who falls when there is no one to lift him up. And this should also tell us about the the value of companionship, the value of Christian companionship. Uh, if Christian had fallen at the time when he had no companion with him, what would have happened to him? He fell. This person says he was unable to get back up. He was unable until faithful came and then lifted him up. So many lessons for us to learn there. Thank you, Mommy Join us on WhatsApp and writing there saying, In the journey of faith, no competition. Every believer must be focused. Exactly. Thank you very much, man. No competition in the journey of faith. In the, in the chat room, yeah. Uh, Statue, I wouldn't get writing saying, Also, we should not allow anyone or anything to weigh us down. Or slow us down, and thank you very much for making that point. That's a very important point to make. Don't allow anyone to weigh you down. Don't allow anyone to slow you down. But encourage by praying for people. Encourage by showing them the way uh, to to become more mature in the faith and to uh, to pursue. Uh, to pursue the, the pilgrim journey. Thank you very much. Uh, if anything occurs to you again, this passage is a very short segment but loaded with message and perhaps all the strong messages in this chapter are already here. And then we go along. Now we're going to see the discussion between Christian and faithful. I want us to really pay attention to this discussion. So uh, Sister Tutu and Sister Deo, maybe on, uh be on standby. Now we're going to, uh, the segment named B in our notes. This is on page three. If you had got to bestradio.com, scroll to page three. And okay, we're ready. Let's listen to this conversation now between Christian and faithful. Now they've they've put away all form of competition. They put that behind them. Now they are going amiably along as Christian companions should. Okay. Let's continue the reading. All right.
1: Christian now. My honored and well beloved brother, I am glad that I have caught up with you and that God has made us so like minded that we can walk as companions in this very pleasant path.
5: I had thought, dear friend, to have had your, companion, your company much sooner, for you started out before me. Therefore, I was forced to come alone thus far.
1: How long did you stay in the city of? Before you set out on your pilgrimage, until I could no longer
5: stay longer. For right after you left, there was great talk that our city will soon be burned down to the ground with fire from heaven. What? Did anyone really talk
1: so Yes, for a while, it was a talk of the town. Were you the only one that fled to escape the danger? Though there was, as I said, a great talk
5: about the imminent destruction of our city, yet I do not think they truly believed it. For in the heat of the discussions, I heard some of them daringly speak of you and of your desperate journey, for so they called your pilgrimage. But I did believe. And still do that, our city will be destroyed with fire and brimstone from above. And therefore, I have made my escape.
1: Did you
5: hear any talk of the Bible? Yes, I heard that it followed you until it came to the swamp of Despond, where, as some said, it fell in. Yet, it would never admit to having done so. But I'm sure it was bedabbled with the mayor from the swamp,
1: Christian? Yeah, I'm trying to down now. Yeah. Okay, and what did the neighbors say about him? Since he's
5: coming back to the city, he has been harshly derided by all sorts of people. Some mock and despise him, and scarcely will any employ him. He is now seven times worse off if he had never left the city.
1: But why should they be so much against me?
5: the narrow way that he Oh, they say, hang him. He is a torn coat. He is not true to his profession of religion. I think that God as heaven stirred up his enemies to hazel at him and make him a proverb because he has forsaken the narrow way.
1: Were you able to talk with him before you left the city of destruction? I did
5: meet him once in the streets, but he slunk away on the other side as one ashamed of what he had done, so I was unable to speak
1: with him. Well, at my first out, I had hope for Pliable, but now I fear he will perish in the overthrow of the city. For it has happened to him according to the two proverbs, a dog returns to his vomit, and a so haven't been worse to have wandered in the mass.
5: These are my fears for him too, but who can prevent this downfall?
2: Okay, thank you so very much. So I hope we all follow that discussion between Christian and Faithful, starting with Christian uh, asking Faithful why he left uh, the city of destruction, and you know the answer. And now I, I want us to discuss this. Unknown to Christian, his action had an impact on Faithful. Unknown to Christian, his action had an impact on Faithful. Faithful started out after Christian, but got ahead in the journey. Pliable can't leave it down. So, three ideas there. Number one, unknown to Christian, his action had an impact on faithful. Uh, Any, Let us discuss that. How How uh, is that illustrated in the story? Second, faithful started after Christian but got ahead in the journey. Do you want to discuss that? Then, Pliable can't leave it down, meaning uh, that's um, American uh, speech for uh, Pliable can't just... Uh, can't escape the torturing and the mockery for what happened to him. Let's discuss all these things and identify the lessons right there. Now, what do you have to say about Faithful telling Christian that it was what Christian did that made him also embark on the pilgrimage? What does that say to us? What lesson is there for for us? What lesson is there for us? Because I, I hope you paid attention to that where Faithful said, Well, until I could stay no longer, for right after you left, there was great talk that our city will soon be burned down to the ground with fire from heaven. I mean, anyone who joined us at the very beginning of this study uh, should be able to relate this with the kind of treatment that uh, that that Christian got when he wanted to leave. Anyone? Yeah, I think Christian forgiveness and
1: courage. Good
2: yeah, exactly. Christian's determination encouraged faithful. Yes, surely it did, uh, and, and and I fully agreed with that. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, somebody talking about how I mean, what's was known to Christian? Uh, how we just make impact on people without knowing? Without knowing, Christian was you know concerned for himself. He was concerned for his own soul. Although he did tell others about the danger ahead, but unknown to him, his courageous action, his determined action to embark on the pilgrimage, according to faithful, led to so much talk in the city about how the city would soon be burned down to the ground with fire from heaven. And of course... What's the lesson from that? What's the lesson from that? When we continue to doggedly pursue the pilgrim way, uh, doing what is right, living uh, to glorify Christ, then our light will so shine, men will say it, they will come, they will ask about the saving grace of the Lord himself. Remember what uh, what uh, the people who are the apostles asked at Pentecost. They said, men, what shall we do? What shall we do? So uh, uh, this testimony from faithful is saying to us that when just one single person stands up for Jesus, stands, stands up for what is right, his testimony, although many may not acknowledge that the point, remember that in chapter 1, a uh, Christian was derided At some point, it was called foolish. At some point, it was thought even mad, even mad or crazy. Uh, But now we are seeing, we are now reading that after he left, many people now started talking about, wow, maybe that man was right see this 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 place will soon be destroyed so so if if you are the only person or rather if you think you are the only person uh, standing up for the truth you have no idea how your testimony how your witness is affecting uh, so many other people so so I, i see this as an encouragement for a person who has been touched by the holy spirit to just keep on in the narrow path to keep being faithful keep shining the light of christ Uh, Don't don't ask for results. I was having this discussion with uh, with a sister uh, 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 this uh, this past week about how the present culture uh, demands that you that you search for results, always looking for results, um, and want to measure it. For example, if you are the pastor of a church, people say that, look, at the end of the year, we want to do an evaluation. How many new members joined the church? How many more people did we reach on YouTube? Uh, how many more people did this or did that? And then uh, we, we have a, a, a sort of score sheet. Now, there is nothing wrong in in keeping scores. Indeed, we should keep records. There is not, But when we begin to, or rather, when we want to evaluate at the movement of God and the spirit in Christian circles by looking at the result we can see uh, perhaps we'll be missing the way we are probably missing the way we are just are uh, being sucked into into this culture the culture that is just so preoccupied with with the result we can see and and, and that's a danger and I hope you agree that's a danger right there for Christian ministries and Christian churches just in a bid to be able to record those results that the world count as results. In a bid to record those results, we find Christian ministries and Christian ministers and Christian churches, you know, adopting uh, what would be, you know, secular methods, even adopting methods that may not be as honorable as should would be, uh, not as honorable as you would expect from Christian organizations, just because we want to record those results. Now, in this case, uh, Christian even while even when he was not concerned about whether it was affecting other people when he was not concerned about whether his witness was having an effect or would have an effect on other people now we are reading that his witness actually had effect on the people of, of his city. a city faithful told him that look Mr. man after you left your act of courage your determination led to so much talk in the town in the city many people now started talking about wow see christian Christian has had the call, Christian has left, Christian already knows that this this place will be destroyed. Please, uh, maybe we we all should embark on the pilgrimage. Now, we do not know um, how many other people embarked on the pilgrimage because of what Christian did. But we know for certain that at least this one man, faithful, engaged on the pilgrimage because of what Christian did. So, uh, we should be asking ourselves, do you know uh, who would begin the pilgrimage because of your own action? Who knows? who knows, uh, you know, uh, there there, there, is this song, I cannot remember it now, uh, saying that you may be surprised that you get to heaven and you see thousands of people and they say, look, ah, sister, I'm here because of you. And you say, because of me, what did I do? Oh, but because, you know, uh, uh, when you were working at this place, you were always like this, always saying this, always standing for this, always praying, and so it was your example that led me to seek the Lord. Uh, I mean, do you all agree? Yeah, it could happen. You get to heaven and you find that there are hundreds of people who say to you, I'm here because of you. I say, no, that cannot be. I never saw you. I never spoke with you. I say, no, uh, but we observed you. And it was your own example that uh, that made us uh, embark on the pilgrimage. That could happen. I think that's one lesson to learn here from what Faithful said about what happened after Christian left the city of destruction. And then we've already discussed about how faithful started out after Christian, but got ahead. Does that happen? Do you have any experience about that, where you find somebody who came to Christ after you becoming more matured in the faith, doing greater things? I mean, just in the past week, uh, Pastor Kumi has been in the news, I think, uh, mainly because of the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Deeper Life Christian Church, and thank God for what that church has done, and the the man that God has used. But as part of the celebration, I came across a story online, the story of one Padosumu. Uh, this Padosumu is said to be the one who actually ministered to Pastor Kumuye. Uh, from what I read, uh, Pastor Kumuye at that time was attending the CNS church. Uh, Pastor, this Padosumu was attending the Apostolic Faith Church. And then, uh, they were working in the same place. And witnessed to, uh, to, uh, to then uh, Brother Kumuye and led him to to give his life to Christ. He gave his life to Christ. Uh, They both joined the apostolic faith. At some point, uh, Pastor Kumi felt called of God to start the Deeper Life uh, Bible ministry. He started in his house. And of course, as they say, the rest is history now. And Pastor Kumi is what he is right now. Now, I'm not saying that in spiritual terms, that Pastor Kumi is ahead of Padosomo because we are not in position to make that judgment. But I mean, see uh, how much work uh, has been done through Pastor Komoye, and uh, see how little we know of Padosumu. But this was the man who brought him to to Christ. Again, I, I say I'm not saying that uh, either of them is ahead in uh, in spiritual terms, but we can see that one of them has been so visibly used of God. And this happens from time to time. Uh, There was the talk of the person who witnessed to Reverend Billy Graham as well. I cannot remember the story so clearly now. But it is not unusual for those who start out later to get ahead of those who started earlier did our Lord not say it, the first will be the last, the last will be the first. Uh, the, the point of our Lord saying that was not to say that those who start earlier will, uh, will not go further, will, will not go faster, but just to emphasize that uh, the, the positioning is of the Lord. The positioning is of the Lord, and we should not enter into that competition. The important thing is that none of us should become laggards, none of us should become uh, the person who becomes like a desical, But you just keep working. but the position is of the Lord. The Lord may say that, oh, uh, Brother X will be ahead of, or Sister B, notwithstanding that, or Sister B will be ahead of Brother Y. Uh, It is of the Lord. Uh, We should not be found uh, competing in matters like that. We have this on WhatsApp. Thank you, Ma, for sending this. It says, if you have been called for a ministry, we must not hesitate in doing it. And that's so true. If you have been called, you must not hesitate. Just go ahead and do it. And Then Pliable cannot leave it down. This is something we have to remember. Our Lord said, Uh, woe to that person who lays his hand on the plow and looks back. Look at Pliable, such a very, very horrible situation for him. Uh, he, he fell into the swamp of Despond. At uh, the first hint of trouble, he ran back. Now he's now the object of ridicule, the object of ridicule in that city. Uh, so much so that, uh, that's what it, now, according to Faithful, he cannot even uh, come into the open again. Everybody making mockery of him. I think, uh, and I do hope that we are learning uh, great lessons here, and I hope that lessons will stand us, uh, will serve us very well in our own Christian journey. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, let's go to segment C, starting from page four. Now we, are, we want to listen to Christian and Faithful again. Okay. Uh,
1: sorry. Yes. I just want to feel that um, that thing we just said now resonates with, well, um, Doctor one good Yeah. That um if our place is no more it can no more be found in the world once you have once you have um left you can go back.
2: Exactly. So yeah
1: what is happening with like, um
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's and thank you very much for bringing that that up. Exactly. Because yeah, I I recall that the Gwali mentioned that that you know Mm -hmm. once you leave and then you embark on the Christian journey, your place can no longer be found in the world. So that's what happened to Plaibu. cannot even fit again. He cannot fit again. People have seen him. Oh, you once made a decision to go on that pilgrimage. You are no longer with us. So he now wanted to join them again, and they were not ready to. To, to accept him. And, and that should be a warning to us. Nobody should think that I haven't come this far. Well, let me go back into the world. You are not going to fit in again, and the world will continue to deride you and say, hmm, Look at this man, unstable in all his ways. I pray that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go to section C, the section C from page four. Christian, starting now. Yeah, Tutu, are you available, Christian? Well, neighbor, faithful, let us talk of things. Okay, where is Christian? You are muted, Tutu. So if you are reading, you have to mute yourself. Okay, Bonali, can you read the part for Christian? Maybe she's always- yes, sure. Okay, go ahead now.
4: Well, neighbor faithful, let us now talk of things which more immediately concern ourselves. So tell me, so tell me what you have met with as you traveled along the way. I escaped the swamp which you fell into and got
5: up to the gate without that danger. But I met with one named
4: Wanton. Who would have liked to have done great harm to me? It was well that you escaped Annette. Joseph, Joseph also was greatly tempted by her, and he escaped her just as you did, but it nearly cost him his life. What did she do to you? You cannot imagine what a flattering tone she had. She strongly
5: urged me to go with her, promising me all kinds of fleshly delights.
4: But did she promise you the contentment of the good conscience? No, only the delights of the flesh. Thank God! Thank God that you escaped. her. the mouth of the adulteress is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will fall into it. I do not know whether I wholly escaped her or not. Why? I trust that you did. N- I trust that you did not consent to her evil desires. No not to defile myself, for I remembered an old writing
5: which said, her steps lead to hell. So I shut my eyes that I would not be bewitched with her seductive looks. Then
4: she maligned me, at which I quickly left her. Did you meet with any other assaults as you journeyed? When I came to
5: the foot of the hill of difficulty, I met with a very aged man, who asked me who I was and where I was going, I told him that I am a pilgrim going to the celestial city. Then the old man said, You look like an honest fellow. Will you be content to dwell with me for the wages that I shall give you? I asked him his name and where he lived. He said his name was Adam the First, and that he dwelt in the town of the seat. I thought I asked him. Him, what his work was, and what were the wages that he would pay. He told me that his work was many delights, and his wages were that I should be his heir at last. He told me that his house was filled with all the dainties of the world. Then I asked if he had any children. He said that he had three daughters the lust of the flesh lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and that I could marry them all if I desired. Then I asked him how long he would have me live with him, and he told me as long as he lived
4: himself. Well, what conclusion did you and the old man come to at last? Why? At first, I found myself somewhat
5: inclined to go with the man, for his words were very appealing to me. But as I talked with him, I saw written on his forehead, put off old man with his wicked deeds. And what then? Then it flashed into my mind that whatever he said, and however it flattered me, that if he brought me to his house, he would sell me for a slave. So I told him to be quiet for I would not come near the door of his house. Then he reviled me and told me that he would send one after me, who would make my way most bitter. So just as I turned to leave him, I felt him take hold of my flesh, and he pulled me with such a fierce wrench that I thought he had torn part of me off. This made me cry out, Oh, what a wretched man I am. So I escaped and went on my way up the hill.
2: Yes, thank you very much. Okay, so let, let's pause here. This is, the, this is the conversation between Christian and faithful. And Christian asking faithful, well, uh, how has it been with you? They Comparing notes. And the first thing we noticed here, right, is that uh, Christian and faithful follow the same route, but had different experiences. How did the experiences differ and any lessons there? And uh, I would like somebody in the, in the virtual studio here to tell us how their experiences differed from this segment that we have read. Uh, how did the experiences differ? Uh, can you mention at least two things or two experiences that, uh, that faithful had that Christian did not have, given what we have read so, so far? Anyone who want to volunteer from the segment we just read now, uh, two experiences that Faithful had that Christian did not have? Who wants to try? From what we have read now, Faithful met with certain persons that Christian did not meet with. Okay, so I do hope people in the watch studio have been paying attention. Number one, faithful met with, with one ton. Met with one ton. If you started this study with us, you know that Christian did not meet with one. Study, so you wanted something. Go ahead.
6: I wanted to say that, um, just what you said, that um, um, faithful met one ton, and, but Christian did not. And okay. also the oh, the Adam exactly. that faithful met with. And also to say that the journey of A pilgrim, Mm. you know, the journey differs. Everybody is faced with their own, you know, vice. It doesn't have to be the same um, um, issues that you all meet with. So um, I think the journey for a pilgrim differs. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is to keep going.
2: Thank you very much. The most important thing is to keep going. And this should remind us, right, of this, of this passage from Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, just, uh, yeah, for, yeah, just, as, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this suggests to us when it says your salvation, each person's salvation, we are all going on the pilgrim road Uh, following the narrow path but experiences will be different and this is what I believe uh, the Holy Spirit wanted John Boyan to illustrate here where we see that uh, we've read of so many other characters who followed Other part, you know, we read of those two characters who jumped over the wall of salvation to get on the on the narrow road. Uh, We saw some other, we we saw formalists and hypocrisy, you know, following their own devices and trying to skirt uh, the rules and not keeping uh, in the narrow path. But now this is Christian. Who has always been on the narrow path? This is faithful. Who has always been on the narrow path? But uh, but alas, they are comparing notes, and their experiences are different. The experiences are different. Christian did not meet with Wanton, so Christian was not tempted by the adulteress. But faithful was. Christian did not meet with Adam the first, but faithful was. Uh, so uh, we do not know whether faithful also encountered some of those. Uh, whether faithful encountered say that uh, Mr. Wadley Wise man. From what you have said now, it did not encounter Mr. W- in fact, faithful did not even fall into the swamp of despond. He escaped it. I, I hope somebody paid attention there. Uh, faithful said, "Yes,
4: it wasn't ex- exactly."
2: He said, "I escaped the swamp which you fell into, and I got up to the gate." So, okay. In-, in fact, most likely, faithful got ahead. Most likely because he did not fall into the swamp of despond. So, maybe that was what uh, did that was what delayed Christian's journey. You no, know, Christian was in the swamp for a while before he got help. But faithful escaped the swamp, but then he met with one ton. that adulteress, dress, He met with Adam the first. So uh, as Mr. MC said, this is something. This is this is uh, a real lesson that we must pay attention to, uh, that we may all be on the same pilgrim road but our experiences will be different, will be different. And uh, I, do, I don't I do want to jump the gun. Uh, towards the end of this study, we are going to see again how the experiences differ. So if you are looking at your brother or your sister, whoa, well, it's not going through the same thing you are going through. Don't begin to doubt whether you are in the narrow road, whether you are on the Lord's side. You are on the Lord's side if the Spirit testifies within you that you are. You know what the Apostle wrote? The Spirit himself testifies within us that we are children of God. If the Spirit testifies you that you are God's child, then then cling on to him and ask him for help to walk out your subject with fear and trembling. I mean, according to the circumstances that that confronts you and the Holy Spirit will help. I, I think this is one important point that uh, the Holy Spirit wanted John Boyan to make uh, to us. That experiences may not always be the same. And now let, let's, let's talk about Adam the First. What does that character represent in a Christian's life? Adam the first, who came to, who who met with faithful and said to him, "See, you got to stay with me. Uh, I have this, I have this wonderful children. Lost of the flesh, lost of the eyes, pride of life. And you see, you, you can marry any of any of them if you want. In fact, he said you can marry all of them, all of, all his daughters if you want. Christian asked, uh, faithful asked him, "What are you going to give me? So my wages will be." will be what? He promised him something about his wages. And he said, oh, how long will I live? As long as I live. But can we not compare that with the eternal life that Jesus offers us? Uh, Adam the first said, as long as I live, you also will live. But we know that uh, our Lord has promised that at some point the devil, devil himself will be thrown into the lake of fire. But those who follow the Lord then will have eternal life. So, we uh, what do you think Adam the first represents here in the Christian's life? What does it represent? Pay attention to the type of temptation that faithful met with—wanton, you know, that adulteress, That's talking about like sins of the flesh, sexual sins. Yeah, and, uh, yeah.
7: something.
2: Sir. Yeah, good.
6: Yes, that's, that's where I'm driving at. That, as you know, a pilgrim's journey. Don't you think that where everyone is confronted by their own. Um, Something but, like what would pull them down,
2: yeah, by their, the, face, by their like. own peculiar weaknesses, right?
6: Exactly, because if you look at faith um, for faithful, it was wanton and um,
2: Adam and the lost first flesh, yeah, was,
6: you know, getting right to lost the flesh and the mm. pride mm. of life, those yeah. were the things that you know, I think that that journey it could pull him down, yeah. So, every, every Christian, every pilgrim has their own peculiar
2: weaknesses um, experience their yeah. own um, problems exactly exactly so uh, and, I, and I totally agree with you and that is why we must pay attention to uh, Hebrews 12 when it says seeing that we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses uh, let us uh, keep our focus on the other and future of our faith uh, laying aside all those weight that so easily beset us and you know everybody has each person has that peculiar weight that is his own besetting sin. We are not to give in to it. We are not going. We are not go- to throw our hands up in there and say, "Look, this is my own besetting sin." But you know what? Uh, there is an area where I am weak, but my brother is not weak in that area. There is an area where that sister is weak, uh, but the other sister is not weak in that area. But that other sister too probably has a weakness uh, that the first sister does not have, and that's the whole point here. Uh, we see. Christian was tempted in different ways. He was tempted with, with, uh, with I would, I would say uh, people, characters, and developments that would that tested his resolve, his determination. And that's what I can say. Look at, at all the people he met. Uh, he was tempted with people who were returning, who were turning back from the from the pilgrim road. Uh, so all these things were testing his own resolve. Are you sure this is where you want to go? Are you determined enough? Are you resolved to follow the Savior? Whereas from what faithful has said so far, it was tempted by uh, you know, by by fleshly lust, uh, by sins of the flesh, by that adulteress called wanton, and then by Adam the first, who said, "Look, I have my daughters lost of the eyes, lost of the flesh, and uh, the pride of life?" And these are worldly things. You know, worldly things. Uh, many people have said that if we look at the temptation of our Lord, we find all these, all these three there. You know, uh, pride of life. The son said to him, look at all the kingdoms of the world. They belong to me. I will give them to you. Lust of the flesh. And he said, uh, look at, you are so hungry. Just, just give it to the flesh. You are hungry. Satisfy the flesh. And that's the same thing with sexual temptations. You have this urge. You have this desire. Just satisfy it. Satisfy it now. Satisfy it now. And loss of the eyes as well. The things you see. covetousness. I want this thing. I want it. So, how do I get it? I will do whatever it takes to get it. And those are uh, the ways that uh, that the tempter comes to us uh Adam be first represent the tempter the tempter the tempter comes to us uh first looking at our flesh because this flesh is uh, you know what what Paul said oh wretched man that I am who is going to save me from this body of death and that's what the flesh is and uh, whether it is in terms of food in terms of sleep in terms of of uh sexual sins it is the flesh and it says look satisfy me now just satisfy me now and lost of the eyes, uh, covetousness, oh, you want it, you want the things you say, then just do whatever it takes to get it. And the pride of life, you want to be exalted, uh, you want to be on top of the world, you want, to, you want to be adulated by the world. And that's a temptation that we have to run away from as well. And we're still going to say it in the course of this chapter, uh, the call for us to, to despise to despise uh, the great things of life as the apostle wrote said all those things that i counted of of note i now i now disdain them for the sake of the cross for the sake of the cross and it's that, as in, it's in that hymn as well all the vain things uh that i once regarded i now count but loss so number 1 we may be on the same christian path but experiences will be different so don't be don't be uh, Don't be disconcerted if uh, the other sister's experience is not the same as yours. Uh, Focus on your own weaknesses and work on them. And more importantly, ask the Holy Spirit to help. In that aim, yield not to temptation for yielding is sin. The chorus says, ask the Savior to help you. Ask the Savior to help you. No matter how uh, the tempter comes to us, let us ask the Savior to help to help okay let's go to d now segment d starting from page six faithful starting out now uh bro fermi yes Uh, yeah
8: yeah sorry i i joined late okay i'm I'm sorry that's why now i I just wanted to add that when we go on this pilgrimage Mm -hmm. we must understand that temptation is a critical part of the journey oh yes because the enemy that we left or that we were running away from mm. as we left the city of destruction is never tired of pursuing us
2: never tired and he
8: pursues with a, a, a you know a, 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 a variety of these tools of temptation mm. so we must not get to a point where we think okay we have mastered this variant of temptation it will metamorph into another form of temptation because his plan is by all means to get us back. Mm. Now, I always try to share with brethren that do we know that even the Lord Jesus was tempted until he gave up the ghost. Mm-hmm. Until he gave up the ghost in his own pilgrimage. Exactly. In Gethsemane, just the night before the glorious day, yeah. the devil came. I said, look, consider the lust of the flesh here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. you going to go through this sort of separation between you and your father yeah why don't you corner this thing and change the scheme of things and he said no i will not drink this cup of the loss of the flesh or the pride of life when jesus was on the cross after being crucified was it not the pride of life that the devil sponsored by saying if you are the son of god yeah you will not be on this on this tree can't you just save yourself and us yeah in fact, Jesus, when he was in Gethsemane and the crowd came against him, he said that he could call, he, 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 he could call how many legions? Exactly. And I said, ah, why did my Savior say that again? <laughs> so that you can know that in this pilgrimage, there are times when you will think, I know who I am and I know what I can do. Mm. Yet, you must not do it because the journey calls. For that level of denial exactly so we must bear that in mind the other yeah. point we must bear in mind is that the 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 uh, the the uh Adam yeah I don't know how does he put it again the, the, was it the first Adam
2: yeah Adam the first
8: Adam the first mm. now Adam the first is somebody that we should have left behind in the city of destruction and I tell you that at the cross, where, where the burden of Christian fellow mm. was exactly where the burden of the old life was left, I know. See, but the truth is that though the old man is crucified, yeah. apparitions, apparitions yeah. of that old man will come up as, you know, the way I describe it is he, he has been crucified at Calvary, but his ways are familiar to our minds no wonder the bible says that be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind Mm -hmm. romans chapter 12 verse 2 if you will not land in the hands of the daughters of adam the first Mm. then it must mean that you are willing not to be conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of of your mind and the reason is that even though the old man is crucified because he was the first tenant of this building that we are. Yes. We are familiar with his ways. So our, our spirit man is born again. Mm-hmm. But our minds must undergo the process of renewal onto transformation.
2: Absolutely. So
8: if you find a Christian whose mind still remains very canal, mm-hmm. that person would have yielded to Jesus. But that person will be acting like the Ad, like Adam the, the first.
2: first. Exactly.
8: exactly. And for us in the pilgrimage, we must understand the process by which our minds will be so refined and renewed mm. that we'll be able to say no to the temptation of the three daughters of Adam oh, the first. The first. Oh, I yes. thought I should mention this. No, very important. To be true, things like the Bible study we are having tonight, mm-hmm. our personal devotion, mm-hmm. our personal Bible study. Our constant exposure of our hearts to the word of God, which is the everlasting body, that will transform us and change us inside out. Mm -hmm. When we do this, our pilgrimage will be so beautiful despite the temptations that come our way. And I pray the Lord will help us.
2: Amen. 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 Thank you so very much for that. Thank you so very much for that. Thanks. Good, 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 good. Okay, now I uh, remember where we stopped. Uh, sec- uh section C, uh, um, faithful resisted Adam the first. And Adam the first said, Look, I'm going to send somebody after you, I uh, is going to deal with you. And well, faithful kept on going. He turned his back to Adam the first. And then Adam the first, you know, according to John here, he said, I felt him take hold of my flesh and he pulled me with such fierce wrench that I thought he had turned part of me off. This made me cry out. So that's where we stopped. Now let's continue now uh, that discussion between Faithful and Christian. Okay, Faithful.
5: Okay. Now when I had gone about halfway up, I looked behind me and saw one coming after me, as swift as the wind. He overtook me just about the
4: place where the harbor stands. That was, that was the same place where I sat down to rest and, and being overcome with sleep, I lost my scroll. But the good, the good brother,
5: hear me how. As soon as the man overtook me, he gave me a blow and knocked me down, nearly killing me when I somewhat revived. I asked him why he abused me so. He replied, because of your secret inclining to Adam the first. With that, he struck me another deadly blow on my chest and beat me down backward. So I lay at his feet as dead. When I recovered again, I cried to him for mercy. For he said, I do not know how to show mercy. And with that, he knocked me down again no doubt it would have made me an end of me it would have made an end of me but that one came by and commanded him to refrain who was it that made him stop i did not know him at first but as he went by i noticed the holes in his hands and his side then i concluded that he was our lord so I continued
4: up the hill. That man, that man who overtook you was Moses. He spares none, neither does he know how to show mercy to those who transgress his law. I know it very
5: well, but it was not the first time that he has met with me. It was he who came to me when I dwelt securely at home and who told me, that he would burn my house down over my
4: head if I stayed there. But did you not see the palace which stood there on the top of the hill? Yes, and the lions too.
5: But for the lions, I think they were asleep, for it was about noon because I had so much of the day before me. I passed by the porta and continued down the hill.
4: He told me indeed that he saw you go by, by which you had called at the house, for they would have shown you so many rarities that you would have never forgotten them to the day of your death. But please tell me, did you meet any? Did you meet anyone in the valley of humiliation?
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. So let's take a pause here. Uh, in this segment, we we read of. Of of that man who went after faithful, after faithful escaped from Adam the first, and that man struck him with blows, really wanting to kill Christian until the, that one, capital O, uh capital O, that one came by and commanded him to refrain. Christian interpreted it that the person who assaulted him was Moses. So we're asking the question: uh, what was the reason given, and who or what does this to Christian? After you have been tempted, uh, who comes to you trying to strike you down with a blow, or what comes to you trying to strike you down with a blow? And how can we escape his assault? Uh, the second thing I would like us to look at would be uh, the fact that faithful did not go to the palace beautiful. It was known, you uh, know. Christian got to the palace beautiful at night, so he needed a place to rest. That's why he went to the palace beautiful. But faithful got to that place when it was known. So he said, "Look, let me just be on my pilgrimage." He did not go into the palace beautiful. And Christian said, "Well, I understand he did not go to the palace beautiful, but if you had gone there, you would have, you would have been, you would have been shown so many rarities that you would have never forgotten to the day of your death." Uh, let's talk first about uh, that person. Or well, that thing that comes to us after escaping temptation, and uh, that attempts to strike us with blows. Uh, I love this this part of the text uh, when uh, when Christian asked, "Who was the person who came to you, and what was the reason, what was the reason given?" And he said, "I want to read read that part." As soon as the man overtook me, he gave me a blow and knocked me down, nearly killing me. When I somewhat revived, I asked him why he abused me so. He replied, because of your secret inclining to Adam the First. Your secret inclining to Adam the First. This was faithful who resisted Adam the First. He did not go with Adam the First. He did not marry his daughters. But this thing came after him and said, I'm going to strike you down because secretly you were inclined to Adam the First. Uh, What even message do you think we have there? In John Boyan putting that there, what do you think we have there? What is that thing that comes out of that Christian and says, Yeah, 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 I know, I know what you are thinking in your heart. You, you already thought it, so uh, you are guilty. I'm going to let him see, go ahead. But could it be condemnation? Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely in case right. Exactly. Exactly. It's condemnation. And it, it you know. Go right. ahead. Sorry, I didn't get that. And the wages of sin is death. That was why, you know, the blow was almost going to kill him. Exactly, the blow was almost almost going to kill him. Exactly because his condemnation. Now, the faithful did not give in to Adam the first. He did not marry his daughters. But even after he left, uh, the law came after him and tried to condemn him, saying, "Look, you already thought about it. You know, at, at, at some point, if you the previous segment, faith was already thinking of going." to the house of Adam the First until he saw what was written on the forehead of Adam the First, the old man, and then he came to his senses and left. Sometimes, uh, we know that I remember I was a Bible study where somebody uh, mentioned that, how do we draw the line between when you feel inclined to do something sinful, uh, between that and actually doing it. Because even for a Christian, it is not the case that the mere fact that you even wanted it the mere fact that you even thought of it, the mere fact that it delighted you, you wanted the delight of it, sometimes makes you feel guilty. Uh, is that the experience of of all of us, uh, that sometimes we will feel condemnation? The mere fact that you wanted that something sinful, that it delighted you, that you yearn for it with all your flesh, uh, with all of your being, uh, would uh, make you feel condemned. And I think that's exactly what happened there with the law. Uh, this person was identified by Christian as Moses, and Moses always represents the law. Coming after and say, Look, you are guilty, you are guilty. I'm going to strike you dead. You are guilty, you are guilty. Until our Lord and Savior came around. And the person who came I said, That one came by and commanded him to stop. So, who was it? Who made him to stop? I, said, I did not know him at first, but as he went by, I noticed the holes in his hands and in his side. Then I concluded that he was our Lord. So it was Jesus who then came in and then saved him from the clutches of the law. And, and none of us must forget Romans 8. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is to say that, yes, temptation comes our way. After we have resisted, uh, we should we should receive by faith uh, justification and do not be weighed down by condemnation. There is no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, thank you, Ma. Uh, Grandma S joined us on WhatsApp, and, and I love what she has written there. She has written there saying, the difference between the law, that's Moses, the man wanted to strike faithful down, and grace is so glaring. Thank God for grace. Amen, amen. And, and I love that. Thank you very much, Ma, for sending this. Thank God for grace. I, I, and I love what you are writing, Ma. This is saying, telling us that, look at this, this portion of the story. It is telling us clearly the difference between the law and grace, Moses went after him, notwithstanding that he did not go with Adam the first. Moses went after him and said, no, we know what we are thinking in your heart. You even listened to him. You even stood, you wasted time talking to Adam the first. You listened to him. You You considered it. You wanted to go into his house. You gave it some thought. You are guilty and we are going to strike you dead because you have contravened the law. You have contravened even just one maybe covetousness you, you know look at all the ten commandments uh the, some people argue that the most difficult uh to 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 obey would be the injunction against covetousness because that has to do with your heart and it's difficult to control it where you can say adultery i'm not going to go there You can say i'm not going to steal you can say i'm not going to but covetousness in your heart you are wishing for what you, you should not wish for what is not lawfully yours and uh Moses, the law, went after faith with them and said, Yes, you spoke with Adam the first. You saw his daughters. You already wanted them. You did not want them. You wanted to go with them. You wanted to marry them. You are guilty. I'm going to strike you dead. Until the grace bought by the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus Christ uh, showed up and then rescued him from the clutch of of the law. And that's something we should always celebrate. We have here in the chat room saying that could it be the Holy Spirit? As the Bible says, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. Also because our conscience pricks us every time we go wrong. Yes, yes. Yeah, we can discuss it, but we see that from uh, from what happened after that. We see that uh, this was uh, the attempt by John Boyan to contrast the work of the law with the works of grace. The way the law works is to condemn, is to say that uh, the, the magnateous infraction uh, would uh, would warrant death and condemnation, but grace uh, will always show up to, to save us. And I do pray that none of us will ever take the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for granted uh, again. And this is just so beautiful, the way that the Holy Spirit helped John Boyan to write this. In the same vein, that he's talking about grace, is also referring to what to to the wounds, the oaths in his hands, the wound in his side. Meaning that, yes, grace has saved faithful from the end of the law, but that grace was bought, you know, as, as uh, the apostle put it, with the precious blood, with the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Thank you, thank you, Grandma. It's beautiful, beautiful, yeah, bro. Femi, yeah,
8: yeah. I mean, just to add that. I also think as you say that this was grace mm. uh, because according to the depiction of uh, John boyan mm. it was highly unlikely that if the person that caught up with uh, the with with, uh, was with faithful
2: mm. uh,
8: was the holy Spirit mm. the Lord Jesus would not have rescued him from the hands of the Holy Spirit oh yes so it must have been something that stood against what the Lord himself Wanted, is trying so faithful, to project. Yeah. Exactly. And as you said, the one thing that is like that and that is so fierce in assailing our souls and our minds is the law. Mm. As a matter of fact, Paul was very illustrative in First Corinthians chapter 15 mm. when he began to say that the sting of death is sin the same, yeah. and the power of sin the is law. the law. Yeah. Now, meaning that your acute consciousness of the degree of sin is directly proportional, as it were, to your knowledge of the law. But that knowledge of the law cannot save you. It can only beat you down. Mm. It can only kill you. It cannot give you life. Yeah. But the Bible says that the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So it was as if when the law was killing faithful and bringing an end to his spiritual life, the life-giving spirit Jesus showed up. Mm -hmm. When it was the law beating faithful down, the one who is grace and truth came to save him. And what we need to learn from, from this in our own generation is that unless we release ourselves to the grace of God on this pilgrimage, a time might come that the rules and regulations that we have always known before mm. they may catch up with us and then end our true spirituality true. we will still have a form of religion but the onward journey will be one of death oh, yeah. not one of life oh, yeah. so we will then become like Paul was saying in 2 Timothy chapter 3 we will just have a form of religion yeah. but we will have no power anymore this is having a form of religion mm. but denying the, the power, power thereof, thereof. Yeah. we must remember this in our journey because sometimes as much as we try mm. we may fall into one error of thought or even of action or the other mm-hmm. when we remember that where sin abounds grace, where abounds, grace much abounds much more, more. and <laughs> we come into the liberating influence of grace and we're able to continue with our journey with great help mm.
2: Amen, amen. Thank you so very much, Doc. That, that, that's quite insightful, exactly. Uh, there are times where we don't we don't fully escape it. You it, it just rear its ugly head and raise uh, its uh, horrible voice again at us, scaring us, but then uh, we should always celebrate the work uh, the work of grace. Uh, thank you so very much. Now, I mean, just before we leave this segment, remember again that faithful did not go into the palace, beautiful. So Christian said, oh, I wish you had gone there. You would have been shown things that you would never you would have never forgotten them to the day of your death. I think this should just, just by way of, we mentioned this when we discussed the Palace Beautiful, you know, the partners of Christian companionship. It cannot be overemphasized. Yeah, it is possible for one to just keep on going and not have that companionship and not, uh, and, and not have fellowship with those uh, who have uh, better insight, who are more matured in the face, uh, like, you know, those characters in the Palace Beautiful, the, uh, what are their names now? Uh, Charity, Piety, Prudence, all of them, watchful, and uh, faithful miss that opportunity. Uh, it is, it's not to say anything that it's not going to get in celestial City, that it's not uh, traveling the narrow path, but of course, those things that were taught to Christian in the Palace Beautiful, uh, he, he did not get benefit of them. And uh, that should, We just bear that in mind, you know the importance of, of fellowship, the importance of interaction with, uh, with other believers and those who are more matured in the faith. Yeah, for our Christian journey. Okay, let's quickly go to uh E. We're almost there at the end. Christian and faithful now. Did you meet anyone in the valley? Anyone else now in the valley? Let's go ahead. Did you meet
4: anyone? Did you meet anyone in the valley of humiliation? Yes.
5: I met with one named Discontent. Yeah who attempted to persuade me to go back with him. His reason was that the valley was entirely without honour. He told me, moreover, that to go there would displease all my relatives, such as pride, arrogance, self conceit worldly glory, along with others whom he said would be very much offended if I made such a fool of myself as to travel through
4: the valley of immolation. Well, and how did you answer him? I told him that although all this
5: whom he named might claim friendship with me, rightly so, or indeed, they were my relatives, according to the flesh. Yet, since I became a pilgrim, they have disowned me as I also have rejected them. Therefore, they were now to me no more than if they had never been my king's men. I told him, moreover, that he had misrepresented this valley, for humility comes before honor. I told discontent that I would rather go through this valley to obtain the honor so highly valued by the wise than to choose that which he esteemed more worthy.
4: Brahman, can you scroll up?
2: Yes. Did you meet with anything else in that valley? Okay, sorry, I, I'm reading from somewhere else. I'm sorry. Okay.
5: Yes, it's correct.
4: Okay, yeah. Did you meet with anything else in that valley? Yes. I met with shame, but of all the men that I met
5: with. In my pilgrimage, I think that it bore the wrong name. It would have been more appropriately named shameless. Why? What did you? What did he say to you? What? Why? He objected against religion itself. He said that it was a pitiful, inferior, unmanly business for one to mind religion. He said that he that a tender conscience was an unmanly thing and that for a man to watch over his words and ways which the, which the most popular people use mm-hmm. would make him the ridicule of the times. He also said that only a few of the mighty rich or wise were ever of my opinion and that these few were fools to venture the loss of all for who knows what. He also objected to the poor and despised conditions of all the pilgrims of the past, along with their ignorance and lack of understanding of all the new scientific theories. Mm. Yes, he also berated me about a great many more things that I relate here. He told me that it was a shame to sit convicted and mourning under a sermon, or to be deeply concerned about mm. eternal re- realities, realities. He also said that it was a shame to ask my neighbor to forgive my petty faults, mm. or to take restitution where I had stolen from mm. any. He also said that religion made a man appear odd, and strange to the great people of this world, and that pilgrims were, for the most part, poor and lowly. To him, this was a great shame. And what did you say to him? Mm. Say? I was so ashamed and humiliated that I could not say anything at first. But at last, I began to consider that what is highly valued among men is the testable in God's sight. Shame had told me what is acceptable by worldly men, but it told me nothing about what God desires and commands. Mm. I also thought that at the final judgment, we shall not be designated to death or life according to the standards of the world, but according to the wisdom and law of the Most High God. Therefore, what God says is indeed the best, though all men in the world may disagree with him. Mm. Say then that God prefers his divine religion and a tender conscience, and that those who make themselves fools for the kingdom of heaven were the wisest, and that the poor man who loves Christ is richer than the greatest man in the world who is who hates him? Depart, shame, for you are enemy to my salvation. Shall I take your side against my sovereign Lord? If I am now ashamed of his ways and servants, how then shall I look him in the face and receive his blessings at his coming? Indeed, this shame was a bold villain; I could scarcely shake, shake him off. off. Yes, it continued haunting me with whispering in my hair some of the hindrances which attend true religion. But at last, I told him that it was in vain to attempt to further dissuade me. For those things which he so disdained were the most glorious in my eyes, so at last, I got past this most troublesome person when I had finally shaken him off. Then I began to sing: The trials that those men do meet without, who are obedient to the heavenly call, are manifold and suited to the flesh. And come, and come, and come again afresh, that now or sometime else, we, by them, may be taken, overcome, and cast away. Oh, let the pilgrims, let the pilgrims, then be vigilant and
4: act courageous
5: like men.
4: I am glad, my brother, that you withstood the villain so bravely, for as you say, I think it was the wrong name. For he is so bold as to follow us in the streets mm-hmm. and to attempt to put us to shame before all men. Mm-hmm. He seeks to make us ashamed of what which is good. If we were not so audacious, he would never attempt to do as he does. But let us still resist him, for we for notwithstanding all is bravados. bravados, yeah, does, he he is nothing but a brazen fool. The wise shall inherit it honor, said Solomon, but he holds fools up to shame. I think we must cry for, to him
5: for help against shame. He would have us to be vigilant for the truth
2: upon the earth. Oh yes, thank you so much. I think we should cry to Him, and that Him is capital letter H, to Christ for help against shame. I love uh, the way that you know the Holy Spirit helped John Boyan to just write a complete book here. This is devoting a segment in this chapter to the to shame. And is it true uh, that shame is one of the uh, of the boldest, most audacious enemy of the Christian shame? Uh, and look at the discussion here. According to Faithful, Faithful said it was a bold valiant. He said of all the uh, the enemies he, he confronted he could scarcely shake him off he kept haunting and whispering in my ear look at you look at you look at you you have just being a weak man look at the, the strong people of this world don't concern themselves with crying in prayer with asking for forgiveness with listening to someone who is preaching to you is it not the same man you are you are, you are such a weakling you're such a weakling and then they're telling you look we are talking about Deep things, scientific theories, uh, the greatest uh, philosophies of this world. We are talking about uh, the newest thoughts in finance, in legal theories, in medicine, in arts. In, in And do you, you want to talk about Jesus Christ, the man who died, uh, who was said to have died you know, so many years ago? Shame. Shame is an enemy of the Christian. We all agree that shame is one of the greatest enemies of the Christian. No matter what the apostle said, uh, I mean, why did he have to say that? Why did Paul have to write that? That I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why did he have to say that? Because he felt because he had the voice of shame in his, in his, in his heart. Uh, Paul was in Rome. He was preaching to the most learned people of his age. He was talking to those who were versed in the uh, in the thoughts of philosophers, in the most advanced theories of science of that age. So he had to say it out. Uh, I, you know, I, this is where I say it. Like Paul was have been looking at them, their faces, and saying, that, "I know what you are thinking. You think I'm stupid. I know what you are thinking. You think I'm not given to to refined thought." And he said, "I am not ashamed of the gospel." <laughs> Because it is the power of Christ unto salvation. Uh, how does shame uh, affect us in our Christian journey? Uh, is the experience of faithful something that we can relate with? Is that what we can relate with? And uh, who wants to discuss that very briefly as we move to the end of this of this discussion tonight? And, yeah, I'd
5: like to say something. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yes. Um, shame plays um a major role. Mm. In our Christian journey, we are all faced with it. We see a lot of people that are not bold. We tend not to bold, mm. depending from where we are coming from before we become a Christian. Yes. The fold of our Christian or gathering friends, and um, we we see that um, you 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 become you become. Um, uh, maybe because of the gospel mm-hmm. and because of their scornful acts mm-hmm. or their mocking, mm-hmm. you know, and they, it brings shame to the person. Yes. So, one must be very watchful. Even now, we see that a lot of people cannot even attest to the name of Jesus, oh, even yes. as little as their status. Mm-hmm. They can't because they don't know what their friends, maybe we'll their say. friends would um mock them and say, Oh, so you are even one of them, you are now SU, <laughs> exactly. you know. So, it's as as good as that, still let me say it's as bad as that. So, mm-hmm. as Christians, we should be able to like um, not be not. Uh, we should be able to not be um, shameful to ask God for help, exactly. because it's God that can um, actually make us to withstand shame. Because as we can see here, for faithful shame was like a, a bold villain,
9: mm-hmm. something
5: that is always in our face in our daily, face. Exactly. even at our place work and say freely, they'll be like, oh, so you're even part of them. So you're now those that feel that, uh, that just, you know, mm-hmm. but at every point in time, we should always ask for the grace of God to be able to Help us to be able to withstand
2: shame exactly. at any point of our Christian journey. Exactly. Exactly. So, so your thoughts align with that of uh, of of faith. We said we have to cry out to Him, to Jesus Christ, for help with shame. And I, and I love what started to us written here in the chat room as well. He said, "Shame is indeed a great enemy of the Christian. Shame of being called or seen as an outcast or old fashioned." Exactly. It ultimately desires to kill our desire for the things and works of the kingdom. E.g. evangelism. I thank you very much Tutu, for mentioning this. That shame ultimately desires to kill our desire. Are you are you okay? It, shame ultimately desires to kill our desire for the things and <laughs> works of the kingdom. E.g. evangelism. And that's a poetic line there, Tutu. So we are going to know that. <laughs> but, but but you are so yeah. well, it's so correct. Yeah.
8: Brother me, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to add that it was not just Paul mm. who mentioned this matter of shame. Okay. Can you imagine our Lord Jesus was saying it too in mm. Luke chapter 9.
2: Exactly. True. He was
8: saying that whoever is ashamed of, of me, me yeah, and my gospel, hey, that he too will be ashamed of him mm. before God and his holy angels. His angels. Mm. Quite, quite because so he knew that we as human beings will come to that point when shame will question our resolve. Mm. And as a person, God has granted me grace to operate by His grace at very high levels of science and theory. Mm. So it is very shameful to come out with a very stupid remark like uh, Jesus <laughs> is going to save you from sin. Or, <laughs> to be or, or, honest, or God helping <laughs> us, or God helping us, yes, or God willing, God willing, or by, me, God's grace. by God's grace, in fact. There was a day a minister here in the UK mm. told me she was quite surprised that she was giving me an assignment and I was still saying by God's
2: grace
8: that she felt that already I should assume responsibility. Yeah. Ah, I, was, I, I was alarmed that even a believer would think that way, but I think she has come to know me better okay. and she has understood the biblical basis for saying that. Mm. Now, but that is how far it could go. You know, and I'll give us three instances of my own practical experience where shame was a major matter, but I I I trusted God for help. Years ago, I was going to the Kuala State Polytechnic one evening, mm. and in the bus, the Lord led me to minister openly. It was the first time I was doing something like that, but I felt the, the spirit was moving me. Mm. You will not believe it. I opened my mouth. I was speaking, but there was no sound. That was how much shame yeah. was going to destroy my desire or capacity. Mm. But I did not stop. I trusted the Lord until my larynx found air again, air. and I could form the words. That, that's how, just like statute was saying, it is capable mm-hmm. of robbing you of any desire or capacity to be mm. able to do God's work. Yes, yes, the yes, second yes. time that was really tough. It took me months. I have a friend who is a judge of the high court. Okay, A Muslim, wonderful family. And the Lord was telling me, you have to table the gospel before him. And I was feeling, is it not ridiculous? Then he will number me as one of those bigots yeah. who cannot accommodate other religions. Other religion, exactly. <laughs> and the Lord said, no. If you truly love him, place before him
2: the this, gospel of this, Christ.
8: This, 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 this grace of, of, of eternal life. And I had to arrange with him. I sat in his car and I began to share the gospel with him. Now, I don't know how much that damaged our relationship thereafter, but I mean, <laughs> I did what the there Lord asked me to, It do. was at a great cost to mm. whatever I thought I, I was. Then since I moved uh, you know, here, Mm. And the Lord has been helping me to think about going for, uh, you know, open air evangelism. Mm. And, you know, I had to register with the council as a performer in the city center before I can <laughs> I, even I can you know, do something like that. Yeah. And I did so. So and as I was going the first time, which was last week. The Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the 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 words of shame came to me mm. and said, "Hey, is this what you have come to reduce you, yourself to?" Exactly. You are a psychiatrist. You are going to the far away
2: in the UK. This is what you must be doing. Are here now. To,
8: they are going to meet you and eventually find out how unserious and or not so knowledgeable you are. <laughs> you are going to the city center and you'll be muttering nonsense about someone who was nailed to a Roman cross over two thousand years ago.
2: How, Why can't you? Keep how unserious a of scientist you are? You say.
8: Yes. How serious a scientist can this one be <laughs> who is just a charlatan? You are telling people they are sinners. Do you know their journey? Do you know the life they are living? They're living. You know? Well, I did not listen to shame. I mm. kept moving. My Thank wife God. following me. I kept God. moving. I'm moving until I got to the city center and I, I played my Bluetooth speaker <laughs> and I began to share the life of Christ. And tomorrow, by God's grace, I will be there again. By His grace. The Bible tells us of our Savior. Mm. He said, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, Mm -hmm. despised the shame. shame. We must always remember that it is a double negative. Mm. We must shame the shame. We must must despise the shame. shame. And that is the way out of this terrible voice called shame. I pray God help us in Jesus'
2: name. And never
8: forget, we must pray through it. Mm -hmm. We cannot do it by ourselves. Even to shame the shame, we must look unto Jesus' Ooh, for the joy that was set before him, despise the shame endure the and the is cross, and it's now seated in heaven. And of it's now right seated,
2: hand. exactly. And we should have our eyes focused on the glory ahead, on the glory ahead. Amen. Our Lord Himself welcoming us before His Father and His holy angels. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I mean, at the risk of making light of this discussion, we, 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 we are coming across poetic lines here. Dr. Gwali talking about shaming the shame. We have to shame the shame, and to talking about shame ultimately desires to kill our desire for the things of the works of the kingdom. We give glory to God, but please let us not make light of this. I know that uh, this is something many of us will resonate with. If you... Uh, out there conducting Christian ministry, uh, we hear that voice as well. Every time, are you going to start sharing this again? People will just think that you're an unserious person. Is this all you do? You know, uh, many people ask me as well, they say, uh, Is this all you do? Is this all you do? now always sharing things on your WhatsApp. Don't you do any other thing serious? Uh, but you have, you have a call, uh, to do God's work, you just have to go ahead and do it and shame the shame and and ensure that uh, shame that desires to kill your desire, uh, does not succeed does not succeed. I love the... I mean, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. If we truly know that it is the power of God, we should not be ashamed to identify with our Lord. Our Lord said, If you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you as well. I will not welcome you as my brother before my father. And his holy angels. I, I I I thank God for the for the thoughtful way that uh, John Boyan has discussed this. It is it is something very especially for the age we live in. I, I I admit that in all ages shame has always been an issue, but for the age we live in, it is really really an issue that we have to confront and overcome. I pray the Lord will help us, as faithful said. We have to pray to Him him with the, with the capital letter H to Jesus Christ to help us. So anytime you feel ashamed of identifying with him, you want to post something on, online, you want to say something, and shame is saying, look, people will just deride you. What's wrong with you? Pray to God. Ask the Savior to help you and he will help you. This is an enemy that we must overcome. Thank you also very much. Okay. The, the final segment is the closing segment. F. Okay, I think I did say something. Are you saying something? Okay, no, she's not. Okay, go ahead, Christian.
4: That is true. Did you meet anybody else in the valley of emulation? No, not I. For I had sunshine all the rest
5: of the way through, and also through the valley of the shadow of death.
4: It was well for you, but it is fair far otherwise with me. But it fair almost as soon as almost as soon as I entered into the valley of humiliation, I had had a long, I had a long and a dreadful combat with the foul friend Apollyon. Yes, I truly thought he. I truly thought he would have killed me, especially when he got me down and pressed me under him, as if he would have crushed me into pieces. Then he threw me and my sword flew out of my hand. He wrote that he was sure of me now, but I cried to God. He heard me and delivered me out of all my troubles. Then I entered into the valley of the shadow of death and had no light for almost half the way through it. I thought I would have been killed. I would have been killed there and over and over. But at last the day broke and the sun arose and I went through the reminder of this valley with far more ease and quiet.
2: Thank you very much with far more ease and quiet. And just as we close, I just want to reflect on this again. Listen to what, uh, if you were with us last uh, Saturday and last Sunday, uh, you must know of the dreadful experience that Christian had, first with Apollyon, and then in the valley of the shadow of death, pitch darkness, dark episodes of life for him. But you, you know what? Faithful passed through that same valley. But what did he say? What was his experience? He said, I had sunshine, sunshine sunshine all through. He said, I had sunshine all through. Can you imagine that? The same valley uh, uh, where uh, Christian met with Apollyon almost died. The same valley that was just pitch darkness for him. Pitch darkness, the trial of his soul. Pitch darkness. Faithful said, yes, I passed through that place, but it was all sunshine. It was all sunshine for me. Again, a reminder to us now. Uh, he said they are not wise. who we'll compare themselves with another. They are not wise. That's what the apostle wrote. And another reminder for us here. I mean, don't just bother about what God is doing in the life of another person. Uh, that system may just be having sunshine all through God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform, and his judgments are true and righteous altogether. If it is his will that you will pass through pitch darkness or meet to Apollyon, just trust that he's going to see you through. It's great to see you. Through faithful, had sunshine all through. Christian met with Apollyon, He met. Uh, he experienced pitch darkness. But you know what? They are, they both uh, crossed. Uh, crossed beyond the valley of the shadow of the, that valley of humiliation. May God strengthen our faith. Uh, may God keep us focused on our own pilgrimage. Barney, you want to say something?
4: Oh, yeah oh. actually i okay yeah so i was just so while you were talking i was just thinking about it and how we compare ourselves and mm. we're like okay how come i have to go through all this mm-hmm. and this person doesn't go through it at all it's like in my own mind i'm like okay does that mean they'll still go through something odd <laughs> or but it's just funny how faithful was able to like um, overcome everything right but anyway his name faithful looks like it's just like it was actually faithful in all those things and mm. so he was able to overcome but it's just I don't know my thought process is just like okay um, does that mean that a uh, Christian even got tempted with things that like that was his weakness though but he couldn't like overcome certain things that why is that right mm. so it's just um some things that are just going through my mind exactly. uh, i didn't even think i was going to like
2: <laughs> unmute myself L- okay, or like, yeah. like, okay, like, you didn't think you were going to voice it out i, I you know what yeah I, I think there is something about us christians always trying to ask why 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 so why am i having this stuff when oh that sister or that brother is having it so easy we think maybe not as easy but maybe truly easy there are some people who just have it like sunshine all the way then we think to bother heads with the question of why why is god taking me through this space is because i'm not good enough is it because i've done something wrong or is it because that brother will later on You know, experience difficulty ahead. Why, why, why? These are not questions that I think we should, they they will bother us. Yeah, they will arise in our hearts, but uh, we just have to keep our eyes focused on the author and the finisher of our faith. Who is a good God? I always say this uh, Is Psalm 100, 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good. His mercy is mercy everlasting? Is truth endure? It's a good God. And you know that hymn we sang at some time back For I know whatever befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. And he has good thoughts. Uh, good thought for us. I saw this time you say, You omitted yourself. So maybe you wanted to say something and then change your mind. Did you change your mind? Okay maybe she changed her mind, but I mean, that's the lesson there, which we cannot uh, really overemphasize. It may be sunshine for somebody. Go ahead.
4: I also have something to say. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Anyone can answer this question. Is it unfair? You know, as human beings, just as we think about this, and I know there was, there's a part in the Bible that says we shouldn't like compare ourselves with other people. Surely, like maybe, um, I can't really, I'm just going to paraphrase. It's more like, um, you see people that okay they are rich they have these and that and like you you're like oh you're comparing yourself and all that thing but is it wrong for you to not compare and say oh okay now I'm facing it maybe this person's will face their own probably when they are getting older or something like is it is it <laughs> is it bad to actually do that I know it's not so great but as human beings we just tend to have these thoughts that you can't just overcome yourself but they just happen like it's just similar to what we're saying that sometimes you think about something and like, you don't just say it, but they're just thoughts and mm. seem like condemnation and all, all of that. Right. So I don't know. It's just something that I've thought about before in the mm. past and never in the past presently. I just like, okay, I'm going to. <laughs> you, now, you, you're, you're, to be just
2: you're just bringing <laughs> stuff You're just making confessions. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: it's just, that's my thought process Mm -hmm. like it's just like okay how come this person everything has been smooth and mine kind of rough and i'm like okay maybe they will experience theirs later on but i'm just like is it is it a bad thing to to think that way i know it's not good but like how can you overcome it's just a question right Mm. now that how can you overcome that situation and or that thought in such a way that it's not like you're thinking for someone so for someone to actually experience something bad like how can you
2: overcome that overcome that uh, yeah, yeah. I, i'm going to allow people to volunteer to answer but very quickly there was something we read of uh last week uh, last week sunday the value of the shadow of death and i i, I implore those who, who missed that class maybe to listen uh, to the recording or to also read uh, that passage again that was a time when christian was in pitch darkness he, he thought it was going to be consumed and then he started hearing blasphemous voices in his heart and at some point, the voices became so close that he thought that the voices were coming from within himself, that he was the one, you know, whispering or speaking those blasphemy out. And now I'm not saying what you have described is like blasphemous, but I'm saying that there are times when, you know, you, get, you look at your own situation and then you look at others and say, look, how can they possibly, possibly have it better? Uh, Well, maybe I mean, I'm not thinking too much of myself, but they're not better than me. I can they have this better. Uh, could maybe something bad will happen to them in the future as well. You know, those are unchristian thoughts, as you yourself said. Look, they're not great thoughts, so we know they're not great thoughts, they're not Christian thoughts, they're not things that we should be concerned with, right? But it's just proved the point uh, that you see, when we pass through pitch darkness, right, there are times when those voices will arise within us. I I want uh, Grandma me to, to respond to this. There are some. I want to give as well, but I think she wants to say something. Go ahead. Man. Oh, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
9: I identify with the sister that um, just finished speaking now.
2: Yes, Balanley.
9: You know, when you go through hard times mm. and you looking forward to a time of relief. Yes. And instead of relief, you go into another. Mm. You know, another hard time. Yes. And you begin to wonder and look at yourself that uh, what exactly is happening to me? Mm -hmm. I begin to doubt God's love. You see? But one thing I believe we should hold on to is the love of God.
2: The love of God, yes.
9: love of God. No matter what you're going through, Look at the cross. That if God can give his son to die for me, and mm-hmm. that means I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Oh, yes. He has called me worthy. He has approved me. And, you know, because what the sister said, I identify. I identify because if you know my story, mm. you, you wonder, why am I standing? And when you know you talk about shame and everything and everything, you know, if I go into details, you, if I have the time, and uh, the you know to share, maybe it could encourage some people.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can make time for for that. Maybe at the end of this study, just have a time to share uh, stories like that.
9: You know, to to let you see where I'm coming from,
2: Mm
9: -hmm. and um, you see I. That was uh, a trouble, a problem for me. What, what exactly is it. Mm. And I'm a very vocal person. I'm very vocal with God. Mm. I, I, honestly, I talk to him on one-to-one basis. I express myself. And I don't think that God minds that. Even though we are told, don't, uh, don't ask questions, don't do this. I, I, I don't read that in the Bible. Job asked a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but like I said last week, by the time God will answer, mm. what happened to Job? He repented, mm-hmm. and that has always been me. <laughs> that has always been me. Mm. I would talk and talk and talk and talk, and God will just give me one scripture, you know, mm. from Jeremiah. I said, when you talk sense, then I can send you. Yeah. What you I said, what? is this going to be the answer?" I told you, "You know, but that's him. That's the way he deals with me." Mm. And the, you know, antidote to this thing mm. when you see your friends or other people, you know, having a nice time, having a nice life, and you all seem to be different. Mm. Please pray for them. Yeah, just pray. You know, just you know, ask God to continue to bless them, even though those are the things that you want yourself personally, those are the things you would like to have. Yeah. You just say, Well, God, I thank you for this and this and this and that. Continue to bless them, continue to prosper them. Yeah. And please do it from sincere heart. It's not easy. It's not easy. It I'll tell not. you that but because yeah, you can bubble it and not not from your heart. Mm-hmm. But you know, but if you start, it just take a step, mm-hmm. you'll find that that it becomes easier. Every step of the way becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Then you can pray genuinely from your heart mm-hmm. for them and say, Oh, I'm happy for so 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 so. Yeah. No, continue to, you know. I uh, and exactly. that has really helped me. Exactly. But let me tell you that i didn't get there <laughs> in a day in a, I've exactly i'm still a working progress. thank you
2: very
9: so much was, that really helped me. <laughs> thank you i
2: mean yeah thank you very much and i and i love that you uh you mentioned that you resonate with the thoughts expressed by Bonale. again that you did not get there in one day very quickly as we come to the close because our time is fast spent You see, that it's a hymn and i know you, you know that hymn because we used it on pilgrim's joy a number of times Weeping will not save me. That him, brother, said, Weeping will not save me. He said, Walking will not save me. Waiting will not help me. And I also say, Questioning will not save me. You know what's going to save? faith in christ we save and that takes us back to hebrews 12 Say, so looking unto jesus the author and Finisher. Of our faith. let us set away all those sins all those weights so those questions are uh, those thoughts are uh, those questions that we will not be able ever be able to answer let us set them all aside and look unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith so again i love this passage that talked about christ said in the days of his flesh he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. Me, I have that line, that clause underlined in and in bold. He cried out to who to him who was able to save him from death. And every Christian must cry out only to him who is able to save. So just forsake every other thing. Uh, it, 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 is, it is not to make light of those thoughts. They, they happen to the best of us. Uh, we look at why is my case like this when others have it so smooth? Why did faithful, uh, why did they have sunshine when I had darkness? Or when, why why does he have sunshine when I have it may be present continuous when I have darkness but you know what's going to save by taking your case to him who is able to save as uh, Gramacho you said take your case to him and tell him exactly how you feel if you want to cry cry before him if you really feel uh, you have not we have not been justly dealt with tell him I don't feel you have dealt with me rightly say to him reverently same thing as the only one who can, and then he's going to respond to you and say to you. O seed of Jacob, why do you say that your just claims have been overlooked? That's what he's going to say to you. Why do you think your just claims have been overlooked? I've not overlooked your just claims. See, I've engraved you of the palm of my heart of my hands, and then you will speak comfortable words, comfortable words to you. This is what I was written in the chat room. It said, and then we ask, Why me? When it's unfavorable, but when it is good, we never say the same. And I love this thought as well. You see, when it is good, when God is t- dealing with us, with uh, favorable weather do we ask Lord why me why is it me Your blessing now why are you giving me so many good things why me but it, you know it is when he takes us through tough times that we ask the question why me and uh, may God help us this is not making light of the situation but may God grant us grace uh, not to dwell on the questions on the why me on the why me but just look to him and say Lord uh, these are my fears these are my these are my anxious thoughts Search me, oh Lord. No, these are my anxious thoughts. These are, my, these are the sad areas in my life. These are the things I'm unhappy about. Please help me. Just look to him alone and to no one else. Thank you all so very much. Uh, it's been a rewarding time, but I apologize that we have spent so much time uh, today. But it's been a rewarding one indeed. Please do make time to attend tomorrow. Tomorrow is another beautiful Passage on talkative, and we are all going to uh, learn so much. Uh, let us sing this closing hymn. And just before we sing it, I want to read the first few lines. He who would valiant be, he who would be courageous, he who would overcome against all disaster, let him in constancy follow the master and I think that is the same message that we just uh, expounded responding to Burley's question he who would be be valiant against all disaster let him constantly follow the master just look to him alone take your concerns to him alone and just leave uh, the case of other people leave those who are having permanent sunshine and look to God who has promised that weeping may endure for a night but joy Joy comes in the morning. He who would valiant be against all disaster, let him in constancy follow the Savior. He
3: who would valiant be against all disaster, to my follow the master. The we
2: Us grace to labor night and day to be a pilgrim in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister Fumbi, please pray for us. And we we'll meet tomorrow by God's grace to discuss the the chapter titled Talkative. Sister Fumbi, if you're available, please pray for us. Say the closing prayer. In
7: Jesus' name. Amen. Eternal rock of faith. We want to thank you once again, yes, Lord, for the wonderful time we have spent mm-hmm. together with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the insights you have given to us, even in this chapter. Thank you, Lord. Your name alone be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Help us, o Lord, in our pilgrimage, help us, o Lord, in our individual. Uh, witnesses, Mm -hmm. to be focused, to be determined, to hold on firmly unto you, not to waver, Mm -hmm. not to be discouraged, no matter what comes our way. Grant us grace, O Lord, to put every form of shame that might want to come our way to shame in the mighty name of Jesus.
2: Amen.
7: When those challenges come, O Lord, we ask for your help always, always. To guide us, to uphold us. Amen. Not to disappoint you, not to fail. Amen. But to keep standing, to be upright. Amen. To be faithful Christians Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. That in this pilgrimage, oh Lord, we'll be able to win souls unto you. Amen. More because of our faith in you, we follow as well in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The end of our journey here, Lord, we will not be cast away in Amen. the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Day and night, oh Lord, may we be worthy pilgrims mm-hmm. for you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lighten our darkness, oh Lord. Amen. And bring us again together to have another wonderful and beautiful time with you. Amen. For in Jesus, our Redeemer, we have prayed.
2: Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, everybody. Apologies for keeping you this long tonight. I apologize for that. Thank you so much. God bless you. Happy night, rest, and see you again tomorrow by God's grace. Amen.
3: Let him in constancy says confounded
0: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
1: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
0: Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.